Here's a message from Ken Lavica. The NBA Finals are underway, and last night was just cool. Not just because we finally made it to a semi-normal feeling NBA Finals, but because there's new blood in these NBA Finals as well. And for two fan bases, the Suns and the Bucks, you can just feel that it's a, oh my God, I can't believe we're here, and we've all had that. And that is why I love this series. Joe Rigotti hit the open. On your mark, get set, go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, 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 stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Holy bleep, we're here. Can't believe it. Whether it's the NBA Finals or a World Series or a Final Four or a Stanley Cup Final. Like, last night was the essence of cool as a sports fan, memorable as a sports fan, especially if you're in Phoenix, especially if you're in Milwaukee. And uh, we can relate here in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast as the melting pot that we are, those moments where we said, holy hell. How did my team do this? This feels amazing. Ken Levick alive, and it's amazing to be with you here on this Wednesday on ESPN 106.3. We're coming to you from the Phillips Point Towers. Downtown West Palm Beach, the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, right off of the a little bit breezy and tropical stormy intracoastal. Joe Rigotti once again hanging with me. Uh, he'll be doing so next couple of days again. Coquel will be back on Monday. He's taking some extended 4th of July and beyond vacation and i i miss my special boy but uh he'll be back on monday so last night game one nba finals in phoenix and man that place was electric and it has been so this entire postseason but and we talked about it a few weeks ago the fact that you're seeing full arenas now and you're seeing full force full throttle crowds and home court advantage and going back to hockey home ice advantage and now with baseball majority of the ballparks are full capacity like you obviously hope that everybody's done what they need to do get vaccinated keep themselves as safe as possible but selfishly it's great to just hear atmosphere again and so the suns beat the bucks last night chris paul goes off again the momentum from the final game of the western conference finals he carries it in to game one of the nba finals and just listen to this this is last night on espn you can just get a sense of of how wild everything is and uh how up everyone in phoenix is for this and you know it's going to be the same in milwaukee but just listen to this from last night on espn with devin booker this is the bottom of the rim. And the Bucks go the other way. Drew Holiday stripped and stolen by Bridges. Booker out of the pack. Finds Bridges for an easy bucket. Timeout Milwaukee. The lead is 13. So just listen to that roar, and that's at a a relative sort of run of play time in the third quarter with Devin Booker, a nice fake in transition, able to find bridges for the bucket, but just that roar, and you heard it last night, Chris Paul hitting a huge three in the fourth quarter to really open things up, and 
My takeaway from the game last night is not so much anything that happened on the floor unless it's the Suns' offense basically being, hey, find Brooke Lopez and attack the hell out of him. Like, that was quite literally their game plan. Or really being surprised at Giannis' mobility, despite the fact that five days ago we thought his knee exploded. Like, those are my on-court takeaways. But you get the sense, and you can see it on social media, you can see it on the broadcast, that a lot of these fans... And uh, you're going to get the full feel when this thing goes to Milwaukee. A lot of these fans are going through, holy bleep, I can't believe my team is here moments right now. And I have several of those in my life, but I want to hear from you. When are your holy bleep, I can't believe my team is here moments? Whether you went to the finals, your team went to the World Series, your team played in a national championship, your squad was in a Final Four. Uh, hell, for some of you, it might be your team just flat out made the playoffs. But when have you had with your team a holy bleep, I can't believe we're here moment? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And we're tweeting again at ESPN West Palm. 888-760-3776. And I'll give you an example. What Suns fans and Bucks fans are experiencing right now, it, to me... Like, this is case in point what I went through in 2005, uh, and I know, oh, Ken, you're regaling us with another Chicago White Sox tale? Yeah, deal with it. If you don't like it, get your own radio show. Uh, but in 2005, when the White Sox won the World Series, uh, when they when they went to the World Series and eventually won it, uh, just from the, the start of the Fox broadcast, where it's Joe Buck, and at that point, Tim McCarver are on the broadcast. I, you just feel like I've watched this my whole life, but now it's my team in it, and that's your ballpark that you've spent so much time in. And to have those World Series graphics, for me it was the World Series logo painted on the field. Like, I'm not a Yankees fan. That never was something that I thought would happen to the White Sox. And there's the logo painted on the field. Or when... Illinois went to the Final Four just a few months prior. I grew up, both my parents went to Illinois, proud alums. I'm a huge Illinois basketball fan. And to see them in the Final Four, the year that they had one loss the entire season, played North Carolina in the national championship. Jim Nance, Billy Packer, talking Illinois basketball, going up against Rick Pitino of Louisville in the Final Four. Like that, that was a head explosion. Holy bleep, I can't believe they're here. I can't believe they've done this. And think about this, too. Growing up in Chicago, like I went through my entire childhood of the Bulls being in the finals every single season. And it started in 91. I was seven years old. So that's like me just coming into full-fledged uh, realization of sports and my sports fandom. So I just grew accustomed to every year the finals logo being on the floor of Chicago Stadium or the United Center. Like, it was an expectation. It didn't feel weird to me. It didn't feel terribly exciting when the Bulls were in the finals because they were supposed to be there. I got excited when they held up the trophy. The visuals... And Marv Albert being on the call on NBC, that no longer did it for me. But there are times just being there where you're like, oh my God, like this is really a thing. For me, it's the White Sox in the World Series in 05, Illinois in the Final Four in 2005. Man, 2005 was a great damn year. Uh, but when with your team, 
Like we saw with Suns fans and Bucks fans last night, when with your team, if you had a holy bleep, I can't believe my team is here moment. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us. We have a bunch of them at ESPN West Palm. Let's head to the phones and welcome in Blake in Naples. Blake, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, Blake? Hey, man. How you doing? Good. Awesome. So for me, it was it was last year, man. I'm I'm from uh, Naples. I'm a big Bucks fan, mm-hmm. a big Miami Heat fan, dude. It was a good year for me last year. <laughs> um, and and for me, I would say like the the Heat making you know getting to the uh, the finals was a little bit more believable just because of the bubble and everything. And they they were playing really well at the end of the year. But for Tampa, man, it's you know last time we were in the Super Bowl was '03, man. When I was in seventh grade, and I, I've been such a struggling fan since then man so yeah last year was amazing for me and to be played in Raymond James it was beautiful now from a from a Bucks perspective and the last time that your team went to the Super Bowl and won that Super Bowl like that was just a squad that with Monty Kiffin was revolving around defense like you are overpowering on defense was it a little bit different for you because you had like a legit true Hall of Famer at quarterback this time around for sure, and and it's funny because I think Brad Johnson is probably like the worst quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, what I mean that that was sure. the all defensive squad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, man. To have Tom Brady there, it was it was awesome, man. We always had the weapons, Jameis. You know, he he. I mean, he, I think he led the league in uh, a passing. You know, a couple of years ago, it's just he had the most interceptions. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. The most that's touchdowns that's and the most well. interceptions. That's tough to overcome, no matter how good you are. You're exactly right, and that that was sort of one player coming of age. And appreciate the call, Blake. Um, it, now. There are different levels to this, though, too, because uh, to steal a, a term from Josh Cohen, um, because there are teams that very, very early in someone's life, they will go in someone's lifetime. So this is me uh, growing up Chicago Bears guy. So I was a year and a half old when the Bears went to New Orleans, Super Bowl shuffle, beat the Patriots, Refrigerator Perry, Ditka, McMahon uh, with Roselle on his on his uh, headband. Like I don't remember any of that stuff. So I didn't have any memory of the Bears in a Super Bowl. I remember them coming up short a couple of times, NFC title games, but them going to the Super Bowl to face the Colts in uh, 2007. Like That was another one where it's like, Wow. Like, it's a whole two-week lead-up for the Bears. And the nation sort of rallied behind the Bears because it's the Bears. It's funny. I hate the Cubs. Hate the Cubs. Despise the Cubs. But I am full-fledged, mouth-breathing meatball when it comes to the Bears. And you better like that team because of tradition. So everything I hate about Cubs fans, I am the same thing with the Bears. Um, But, yeah, like that's. I was too young the first time around. But this is to the extreme with the Bucs. The Bucs haven't been to an NBA final since 1974. They haven't won anything since 1971. I at least remember the last time the Suns were in the finals, taking on the Bulls in the third of the three-peats, uh, the, uh, of the first three-peat in 93. Like, I remember that. Suns fans, some remember that, but that's, I'm so old, that's a full generation ago. So there's a lot of Suns fans who have never experienced this. Last night was Holy bleep, like we're here. I've never seen this before. When if your team and you as a sports fan, when have you had a holy bleep, I can't believe my team is here moment? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's go to West Palm. That's where we find Jamal. What's going on, Jamal? Hey, what's going on, man? What do you got, brother? Jamal, you hear me? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on, man? Hey, my my I can't believe moment. It has to be the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm oh. I'm a big <laughs> I'm a big Philly fan. And what's funny, um, I don't know if you remember, but the dog mask came out after Carson Wentz got injured, and they yep. believe that we couldn't go on that run. I actually bought a dog mask. I put it. It's in the frame right now in my room. I was the. If you follow me on Facebook around that time. I was telling everybody every day, we're going to win the two bowl. We're going to win the two bowl. And then to beat Tom Brady, yeah. I mean, it got to be. I mean, that, that's, so, that's my number one. Let me ask you, Jamal, how old are you? And that, like, if you don't want to tell me, fine, but I think it's a no, pretty no, no, safe I'll question. Tell you, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm 27. I'm 27. You're 27. So you do have some fond memories of the Eagles finally breaking through with Donovan McNabb after their three straight NFC title losses, but then losing uh, in Jacksonville to the Patriots. Yeah. So, but yeah. so for you, yeah. though, that's a long enough. That's a long enough distance of time. And you're right, the circumstance is so much different this time around because your MVP candidate went down with an injury in L.A., and so the backup, uh, who really uh, didn't have much to speak of from a resume standpoint, really dragged that team into the Super Bowl, and you're going up against Brady. You're right. like that. I could see where that's a long enough time the, that you're able to distance yourself from that previous iteration, and I guess that's something to be said for getting another shot at Brady, right? Hey, hey, Brady, Brady has trouble with every NFC East team in the Super Bowl. I don't know why, but... You know, they, they 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 talk noise about our about our division, but if Brady facing us in the Super Bowl, it's a problem. Oh, look at Jamal bringing some NFC East pride into it too, and that's something that never occurred to me. But you're right; he struggled against every NFC East team. Appreciate the call, Jamal. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. I love this NBA Finals because it's two fan bases that it's been enough time where they are almost in shock that they're in this position to play for a championship. That's why I don't need LeBron. I don't need the Lakers. I don't need the Celtics. Love the Heat. Don't need them this time around. Been there, done that. Um, these are two fan bases. In the Bucks' case, they haven't been in the finals since 74. The Suns haven't been there since 93. Like This is good stuff. As a sports fan, this is the stuff I love because I've been there with the White Sox in 05 with the World Series. Every time they advanced... Another round, like I had never in my lifetime seen the White Sox advance in the playoffs because most of my life it was you go right into the championship series. So they lose to the Blue Jays in 93. The strike wipes out 94. Uh, they got swept by the Mariners in 2000. So then in 2005, they beat the Red Sox, sweep them in the first round, beat the Angels in the ALCS, and go to a World Series. Like, that whole playoff run, there was a month and a half, and I'm in my senior year of college where I'm like, am I on drugs? Have I been doing LSD? I didn't do LSD in college, in case you're listening, Greg and Joyce Levick and my parents. But when did you have... You, with as a sports fan, a holy bleep, I can't believe my team is here moment. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Let's head to Lake Worth, and that's where we find our man Shane. What's up, Shane? What's going on, Ken? How you doing, bud? Good, brother. Yeah, mine was just sticking with the NFC East. Mine was the uh, 2007 Giants mm-hmm. when uh, they beat the Patriots. So that season, it didn't look good for a while. It, it, it did not exactly. look like that they were going to be able to even get themselves into the postseason. And then they went on a run, and that included a win over the Bears in Chicago that really sort of sparked them late in that year. And then once they got to the playoffs, I mean, the, the Super Bowl is amazing. That's one of the all-time great Super Bowls. But I almost feel like the signature game of that run was going to Lambeau and beating Brett Favre, right? 
Yeah, back in that, that was that ice cold game where yep. Coughlin's face was bright red, and it was. Uh, I remember watching every game. They won three road playoff games. It was, uh, you know, just and every one was just they were underdogs, and they just they just managed to pull it out. So it was, it was every week was more shocking than the next. That is a good one. And in between that time, you've got and Shane uh, again. I think age does matter here. So how old were you in '91 when the Giants won? '91, I was six. He, uh, I was 15, going to turn 16. Okay, so you're able to fully appreciate that at that point, but that's a full generation because there was one Super Bowl that did not go well at all in between that no, time. The Ravens. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and so then by this time, like this was your first adult age like triumph as a sports fan or at least as a Giants fan. Yeah, I can see it. And it's like Jamal was saying, there's something to be said for beating Brady, right? Like there, there's a common yeah. denominator I feel like here. Not, not only Brady, but the 18 and 0 Patriots right. at the time. So right. was a- How good does it feel? And I guess Joe Rigotti, who's sitting like five feet away from me, he's a Giants fan too. I do need to ask you because there's only one fan base that can truly fully appreciate this. But how? what is it like being a fan of the team that ended the quest for a modern day undefeated season? Like, how many times have you held that over someone's head? Uh, a few times. The only, the only problem is that I'm an anti-Dolphin fan, so I kind of wish Hale was undefeated <laughs> like t- because uh, I'm tired of the Dolphins having the only undefeated ah, team. That's where Shane's pettiness comes out. I like it. I appreciate that. Proud of the Giants, petty against the Dolphins. That is, uh, exactly. That's really uh, hilarious, and I appreciate the call, Shane. But um, that is the ultimate trump card, right? Like Nobody can come at you especially a Patriots fan. Patriots fans can come at absolutely everybody, everybody except Giants fans, and now to an extent Eagles fans. Like That's got to be a glorious feeling because, good God, as a Dolphins guy, like how do I ever respond to Patriots fans? Oh, well, remember the one time that uh, we had the Wildcat game? Uh, remember the one time that we had the luckiest play in NFL history and uh, beat you with Ryan Tannehill? Like, that, that, what does that do? Like, fine, those were blips in the road, uh, or, or bumps in the road and blips on the radar. I've got all of my analogies completely screwed up, but those are nothing compared to what the Patriots did with that dynasty. But that's, I mean, how can you ever clap back at, oh, yeah, we ruined your undefeated season in the Super Bowl? Like, that's perfect. No pun intended. Like, that is that is absolute perfection. When have you had a holy bleep, I can't believe my team is here moment? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And we are tweeting again at ESPN West Palm. Let's head to Twitter. Wisconsin basketball playing for a national championship in 2015. I knew they were good enough to be there, but seeing the road they had to take, I just didn't think it was possible. Uh, this from Jensen Jennings again on Twitter. So Wisconsin basketball, that's a funny one. Uh, because I was actually, I spent a year in Madison out of college uh, within the company, the parent company of ESPN West Palm is Good Karma Brands. And so one of the stations is ESPN Madison. I'm so old that uh, I worked at that station when it was a Fox Sports affiliate. Same company, but man, I am, a, I am just an old, withering human being. But I covered Wisconsin basketball the year that they were a one seed for the first time in the NCAA tournament. Uh, or number one in the nation at one point, I should say. They were a two-seed in the tournament, but that was um, Alando Tucker was on that team. Uh, they were stacked. I mean, they were really, really good, and Cole Center was rocking, and then they got knocked out in the second round of the tournament. So for me to see Wisconsin make that run in 2015, 
That was a feel-good thing. Like, it brought back a lot of memories to the awesome year I spent in Madison, which also proved to me that if I went to college at the University of Wisconsin, I would have lasted one single semester because I would have flunked out immediately because that one year I was just removed from college, the one year I worked in Madison was like being in college and being on a bender, except I was getting paid. Not a lot, but I was getting paid for it. If I went to college there, done. Nothing. That would have been a disaster and my parents would have disowned me. When is your team at a holy bleep moment? I can't believe we're here. Clifford Spurlock. Honestly, it was FAU while Lane Kiffin was head coach. That was a surreal time. Boy, can I speak to that. So here is the disclaimer that I always have to give. I'm the play-by-play voice of Florida Atlantic football and basketball. So, yes, the entire time that I was with FAU, starting in 2009, uh, it was bad. Bad, bad, bad. The football was largely just bad. In fact, the entire from 2009 to 2017, really, the, the most dramatic part of that entire run, there were a couple of things. One was the head coach being relieved of his duties for allegedly uh, doing drugs during a bye week. Carl Pellini. Uh, so that wasn't good. Uh, and then it was nearly beating Florida in overtime. In there was Howard Schnellenberger's retirement, things that you appreciate, you're proud of. But from a competitive standpoint, yeah, not great. Then Lane Kiffin came to Florida Atlantic and everything changed. I mean, in year one, they run the table in the conference. They go to the Conference USA title game. I remember the morning of the Conference USA title game after so many years of setbacks and so many years of blah, like they're never going to be able to amount to anything. They've got all this Florida talent, but maybe this program's just cursed. Uh, And I love them, so you're going to stick with them, but it's hard. It's hard sometimes, including a loss at Wyoming where FAU had a six-point lead. All they had to do was run out the clock from the Wyoming four, and the quarterback fumbles, and Wyoming hits an 88-yard pass play two plays later and wins the game. Like Those are the types of things I'm talking about uh, with FAU. But Lane Kiffin comes, and everything changed, and it was magical. And the morning of the Conference USA title game, I woke up, I called my broadcast partner, Chris Bartels, and I said, brother, I can't believe this is happening. Like, this is actually something that we're able to be a part of. And then they went out and throttled North Texas, and now FAU is considered one of the better group of five teams. Like, that's awesome. That's great stuff. And that's a great call with FAU. Um, uh, let's uh, also go to Matt Shute. He says he's a Canes fan and a Miami fan. 2003 Fiesta Bowl. 2003 World Series, that would be the Marlins, and 2019 NBA Finals uh, as well. Um, And so uh, I think the Marlins one, I got that a couple of times on Twitter at ESPN West Palm. Like That one's a fun one because they came out of nowhere. And that holds a special place in my heart as well, uh, being a White Sox fan, seeing the Cubs suffer. I mean, just suffer. And, Joe, I said it last week uh, that up until 2005, the best moment of my sports life for at least a year and a half was Bartman, was the Bartman incident, was everything that torpedoed that series in the Cubs' magical season. Oh, I still get goosebumps thinking about it. It's just amazing. And I remember where I was when it happened, sitting in my college dorm room and all hell broke loose, and my Cubs roommate, uh, Cubs fan roommate is like tears rolling down his face, and I love the guy. But Jesus, did that feel good? Because you knew, you knew at that point that the Cubs were screwed and there was nothing they were going to do in Game 7 that was going to bring them back. And God, that felt awesome. So yes, uh, Marlins fans, I feel you with the 2003 World Series. I'm on board with you. Well, continue to take your calls. The Suns and the Bucks are in the NBA Finals and you can just tell the fan bases are going through a collective, oh my God, 
Like, I can't believe this is happening. This is amazing. When have you as a sports fan had a holy bleep, I can't believe my team is here moment? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweet at ESPN West Palm. Ken Levick Alive is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. In fact, the man in charge, Dr. Jim Reardon, is going to spend a couple of minutes with us tomorrow uh, to give his memories of uh, Nassau Coliseum. He used to work there, and I know Coquel, big Islanders guy, when they're winning. Uh, he's talked about on the show how he's going to miss uh, Nassau Coliseum. Well, Dr. Reardon's going to spend you know, four or five minutes with us and just give his memories of a place that uh, is about to uh, become a part of hockey lore instead of hockey present. But the FAU MBA Sport Management Program Program, whether it's working in facilities, whether it's working in a front office, whether it's working on the field, whether it's working at a local college or professional level, they are going to find you a job in the sports industry. An MBA in sport management at Florida Atlantic, that is your ticket. That is elite level. It is internationally renowned. You can't deny it. Find out more, fau.edu slash MBA sport, fau.edu slash MBA sport, and get yourself into fall semester classes. That's FAU. Dot edu slash mba sport when we return golf last night took center stage at least until basketball started and for me it was just sort of a lot of eh what were the main takeaways well it involved aaron Rodgers. he's joe regatti i'm ken levick i'm live on espn 1063